We're clear for takeoff. You're ready for another ride with the kings of the heart. Your man Tyreek Omari Walton here joined by my brother, the one and only Dr. John Hart. Dr. John Hart, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, family. It's always good to see you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're doing it again for the people. It's always that's, great. That's right. For the people, for the people. That's what we do this for. Kings of the heart. Two black male marriage and family therapists. Such unicorns as they say. I don't like that term. But yes, we are very unique in that we are... Too a few. Yeah. Too few. Very few. Very us. few. Very few of us out here. And right now we are in the middle of doing a healthy relationship series on this podcast, making sure you're getting all the information you need to build up and strengthen your relationship. So if you have any questions, make sure you go back and listen to the past couple podcasts. We got into um, communication. We got into um, trust and support. There's so many different responsibilities. Honestly, and responsibility is breaking yep. it all down for you. And today, Dr. John Hart, what are we getting into today for them? Uh, we're looking at intimacy. You know, we're, we're looking at carving out uh, a couple of episodes to help the people to understand that intimacy is not just complex, it's multifaceted. So we'll be looking at a, uh, uh, a few of them today and then we'll pick up, uh, um, you know, the rest in the next episode. And so what we have. Uh, we have a great treat for the folks. We got spiritual intimacy, Brother mm-hmm. Rick and I will be talking about. Um, that's always a big one. That's actually tends to be an overlooked one, right? Right. Um, we also have intellectual intimacy. I mean, right. that's been, that's kind of been booming, I want to say, probably over the last like couple of decades where more research has been coming out about that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the the one that really resonates, I think, with most humans that sometimes our minds go to, and that's the emotional intimacy. So we'll be we'll be highlighting those three for today's episode. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. We'll be breaking all those different things down for you. So let's just start off with the basics. You know, when we talk about intimacy, typically people think about physical intimacy, and specifically they think about intercourse. They think about sex when they talk about intimacy. And what we want to do is let you know that it's such a bigger, broader longer sorry um <laughs> thing than just sexual intimacy all right intimacy right. is so big and let's just talk about what intimacy is from jump you know dr john how do you define intimacy just in itself um int- intimacy right uh simple is is we think about ways to bond Mm-hmm. We think about closeness. We think about connection, right? Mm-hmm. I use those three words always because they resonate to the soul. Right. They really allow people to take these abstract, that abstract concept of what is intimacy and boil it down to things that whether family of origin or whether just through like our life experiences, we realize um, biologically, like we, we do need those things. We do need to feel connection, a bond. Um, we, we do need closeness right um research shows that you know without those things um mental health issues do start to rise even physical health issues right Right. so intimacy right and and brother rick you can you you can add on to this i know you and i talk about this a million times and that is it's 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 critical for 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 life that's what intimacy is Mm -hmm. it's critical it's necessary it's mandatory right Mm -hmm. it's the foundation it's the foundation of 
of connections to people, the way that you're intimate. So it's not just about your romantic partners. It's your friends. It's your family. It's your parents. Right. How right. you connect to them and the the emotional um, connection that you have with them. The physical embraces the, 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 the physical, not, not, again, it's not about sexual, but the physical touch of family. That's yeah. intimate. Um, you know, the, the, the spiritual lessons you teach your kids because you're trying to help form a, a um, worldly foundation for them. That's intimate. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's all about the connections, all about building that bond or strengthening that bond through the, the actions that connect you with people. And that's the way we want you to look at it. Don't just look at it through the small lens of physical and sexual connection. No, this is about how do you connect people with people overall, overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we want to start right. off with spiritual intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you think about spiritual intimacy, this is like at its most powerful form is really about the way that you and your partner see the world together. It's not just mm-hmm. about religion. People often Correct. think about spiritual intimacy as, do we share the same religion? No, it's not Correct. about religion. It's really about how do you discover um, the oneness that you share with the world around you or with, this, with the mm-hmm. universe. Um, mm-hmm. It's about the, 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 the approach to life that you share, that walk that you guys share and, and hopefully have in common. It's really about that. And so when you think about spiritual intimacy, Dr. John, mm-hmm. you think about that connection that you have with somebody that goes beyond just the physical, just the emotional, but goes more into your connection with the world beyond. Um, yeah. You know, what is it that you see and talk about with your clients? Um, I, I think the way you described it, I think is really, really, really great. Um, one of the things that always comes to my mind when I speak to couples about spiritual intimacy is, um, right, everything's tied. So I, I look at like vulnerability because mm-hmm. when I think of spiritual intimacy, I think about like, hey, you have to open up your heart. I mean, you're, you, to me, um, when uh, adding to, to your great definition of spiritual intimacy, I also see it as opening up your heart to any loved one about the core aspects of yourself, how you see the world, how you connect to the world. Right. Um, what experiences have you had that like shape the way you see yourself as it relates to the world and life and, and, and the cosmic world that we live in. Um, and, and, and it's, and it's very, I've always told clients the reason why, like, um, it's important to bring it up because it has a very profound connection. You're mm-hmm. looking at what is the core of myself and my partner mm-hmm. and where's the overlap. Right. And, 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 and let me also say that, it, that where there is not overlap, I always frame that as the great thing about spiritual intimacy is that like, it's a time for growth. Right. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's a great, with your, with your family members, friends, colleagues, you know, if you have that kind of rapport, but spiritual intimacy, man, like I, it's profoundly connecting because you're looking at the core, you're looking at opening up your heart. Um, and I like what you said, and, and you're really trying to educate, teach, and, and, and allow your partner to really know how do you orient yourself around the world? Right. Um, yeah. Right. I mean, that, that, those are the things that I talk to my couples about with, uh, in regards to spiritual intimacy. Yeah. Cause it's about the understanding, you know, it's really Correct. about that understanding. It's, it's, it's about understanding, even if you guys don't share the same belief system, Correct. understanding and respecting their, their, their views on the mystical and the unseen. And just knowing, okay, this is who my partner is. This is what they believe. Yeah. This doesn't have to 
interfere with what I believe, but at least I understand this about you. I un- it's all Great about point. understanding. You know, even if we don't share those things, we understand those things. And then it gets even, you know, a little bit more, let's say, getting away from the mystical and the spiritual, but focusing more on the everyday. When mm-hmm. I also think about spiritual intimacy, I think about the values and the principles mm-hmm. that you live by. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes when you look at religion on a broader scale, it is really about instilling particular principles and, and values in you. Yeah, and so I when agree. you think about the and, and how that connects to how you move throughout the world, yeah. and that is a major part of spiritual intimacy, understanding and sharing a sense of, of values. Because if your values and principles don't line up with your partner, how do you think that's going to play out in your everyday life together? I agree. I mean, especially if the values, uh, again, I, I, I see everything as very relative. And this goes to your point in a previous episode about boundaries. You bring up a good point because what if there are certain values that are non-negotiable or mm-hmm. you need your partner to be on board with? Um, yeah, it can create a lot of uh, a lot of different kind of strains in, in various situations. But um, we we always preach that it's important to have these conversations, right? That's why what you said earlier really resonated with me. That I think outside of some of like the heavy intense values-based conversations on a day-to-day basis right i think just the process of having those conversations is powerful yeah like, yeah you have to like, have let it. be real yeah because i mean it helps you understand your partner even better again yeah. getting beyond just the emotions but correct how does their brain what is their brain oriented towards right you know are they oriented towards violence yeah. Are they orientated yeah. towards love and peace? Are they orientated towards compassion? Equity. There's equity. equity. There's yeah, fairness. for sure. Fairness, I mean, right. Like, exactly. Exactly. There's all kinds of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 that's part of it, right? Um, and and why do you think? Uh, my question to you is like, why do you think either couples or sometimes us as therapists we tend to overlook spiritual intimacy? Because I think when people first meet, one of the things they they do to kind of measure the person and who they're with they talk about religion and they just focus on a religion and they focus on being quote unquote equally yoked. Yeah. And that's what their image is of spiritual intimacy. They believe it's about lining up the same religion. And so if I'm a Christian, I gotta be with a Christian. If I'm Muslim, I gotta be with a Muslim and not recognizing that you could be with somebody of the same faith and still not share the same principles and still not share the same values. And so it's about moving away from, I mean, you're going to follow whatever your faith says. And so if your faith says that you have to be with somebody of the same faith, then okay, I can't argue with you about that, but you have to look deeper. You have to look deeper beyond just what they say they practice and see what they are actually practicing. You know, are they actually practicing the, the values and principles laid out in your spiritual text that you believe you're doing? If they're not, okay, they may wear the same badge, but that doesn't mean that it's part of the same family. And That's so you right, need to, yeah. you need to be able to focus more on that. And I think a lot of us just get away from looking deeper. All we look at is the the shell and say, "Oh, okay, well you go to church? Good. You you know, you're you're who I need to be with then." Correct. No, I've no. seen that. I've heard that. Yeah. <laughs> that I've definitely definitely heard people do that and mm-hmm. seen people do that. Yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 definitely there and I also think that the reason why it's important to have these day-to-day conversations and really get in depth with family members, loved ones, uh uh, significant others or because it, it, it really resonates differently with the soul right mm-hmm, again right. you look about you're, you're really talking about opening up your heart to right. the core 
I think that's what really allows spiritual intimacy to stand by itself. You're mm -hmm. talking about true core, right? You, right. you use exactly. the term values. That's core. Yeah. That's yeah. core. Yeah. Right. And if your partner doesn't know, if your loved one doesn't know, or if we're not having conversations about that, then how do you really truly, to use Brother Reed's term, how do you truly really understand this person? Yeah, and can you? Can you? Right. But, but the other part of that, too, is being able to recognize that in yourself and understand that about yourself before you try to explain it to anybody else. I don't 100%. think a lot of us, I think a lot of us get away from even focusing on those things. We live our life and our lives and we don't really think too deeply about how we're showing up. But yeah. it's important for us to be able to recognize that in ourselves so that when we are trying to connect with someone, build that bond, establish that intimacy with someone, we can explain to them so they can understand us better as well. Yep, you know? that's a good point, yeah. And there's one final part of this that um, I think a lot of people don't really connect with spiritual intimacy, and that's understanding each other's purpose. Do you understand your own purpose? Do you recognize or, or understand for yourself what your purpose is on this earth and being able to understand that about each other? You know, being able to see, okay, is your purpose to teach? You know, are you a teacher? Are you a healer? Are you some, are you a lover? You know, what is your purpose on this earth? And being able to understand that about each other, not just for the sake of saying, okay, well, I recognize this is your purpose, but to support each other in those things. Good point. So if you are a healer, then I want to be able to support your healing. You know, how mm -hmm. you actually go about healing people. If it's talking to people and, and showing compassion, I want to be there for you and help you to do that any, any which way you can. If I'm a teacher, I need your support to, you know, help me get out there and, and teach and, and educate people with things. You know, so it's about knowing your purpose, knowing your partner's purpose and doing whatever you can to support them in that purpose. That's a great point. That's a really, really great point. I think that was very well said. And I think that does a really good job to allow folks to understand like, well, how does it technically look like in relationships with spiritual intimacy? Um, and I think the way that you broke that down, I, I hope I hope our listeners, um, I hope that really resonates because I think it's always important to kind of take some of these abstract things and try to bring them down into like, well, what's a good example of that? Mm -hmm. and, and what you said is um, a great example. That's not just a good example. Like that's actually a really great example. Oh, oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you for recognizing and acknowledging. <laughs> I appreciate that, brother. Hey, you know, hey, you know it's all about positive reinforcement, right? With therapy. <laughs> And, you know, as we as we wrap up this part, you know, talking about spiritual intimacy, essentially what you're talking about is understanding the essence of who you made yeah. is, you know, yeah. understanding the essence, understanding the the elements that make up and allow your, your partner to be the whole person that they hopefully are. Correct. You know, that's what you're Correct. really trying to see, you know. Correct. And so at the end, what we'll do a little bit, we will kind of break down what it is that you might need to do in order to strengthen your spiritual intimacy. We'll come back at the end and we'll hit some bullet points about that. But we want to move along. We do want to move along. And let's get into the intellectual intimacy, the part that people really haven't focused on a lot until more recently, intellectual intimacy. So, Dr. John, what is intellectual intimacy? Um, intellectual intimacy, well, I think one bit, one big misconception is that, like, it, it's not about, like, well, do we have the same educational background um it's not do we uh, do we have the same career choice like are we both engineers or doctors or anything like that and intellectual intimacy is at the essence is you're sharing whatever you are thinking 
And you're also displaying skills that you feel you are very competent in that you want your partner to know. But the intimacy part about that too, about the skills is also being comfortable sharing what, what skills you're not good at or what are some things that you would love to learn more about, right? The, the way I've always talked about intellectual intimacy, I talk about this a lot with my wife because like she is a really, really big on that. And she stressed that when we met and I like the way she frames it as like, it's important, you know, to, to be clear and share with your, your partner about your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your experiences, you know, um, you know, when your partner shares who they are inside and connect intellectually with you, mm -hmm. then that trust is there. And I think like when my wife had like said that, that really resonated with me. And that's why I started with some of those misconceptions because, um, it's a, it's it's here again, folks. A constant theme will be vulnerability. But from an intellectual standpoint, man, it's stimulating, folks. It's really stimulating to hear your partner talk about their hopes, their dreams. What are their fears in life? What are mm -hmm. their fears within themselves? What experiences have you had? that has shaped the way that you think today. I mean, right. that's an intellectual conversation. What we're yeah. not asking is like, oh, uh, do you know what happened in 17th century France? You know, <laughs> like, no, like right. that's not what we're talking about right. folks. Like, I, I don't really know how that would allow you to feel connected unless like you and your partner were trying to get on double jeopardy. Right. But for the, for the most part, um, think about what I was sharing um, um, at that last bit where I was talking about, like, if you're open about these hopes, dreams, your thoughts, your skills, sharing mm -hmm. skills, right? Right. Man, that's trust, yeah. right? Yeah, Don't for sure. Yourself? Yeah. That's trust. Without a doubt. You know, this really comes down to how do you get your partner? How do mm -hmm. you get them? You know, who are they in terms of how they process their, their world around them? You know, this is really about the head. We can talk about emotional intimacy being about the heart. This is really about the head, about the brain, how you're thinking. You know, John said the, you know, hopes and, and, and fears and what about your your wishes and your desires? Yeah. You know, yeah. what are you passionate about? You know, being able to explore those things and talk about things from standpoint of, again, again, being compassionate, being empathetic, because all you want to do is understand it. You're not judging them. No, you know, no. We, we're trying no. to stay. We're trying to stay away from the judgment. We want. You, you, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. You're 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 on the wrong side. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying. You know, this is really just how do we get each other? How do we understand each other? You know, what kind of conversations are we having? Are we having these little brief? And this is what my my partners drive me crazy with this because they're barely even checking with each, checking in with each other. But when yeah. they do, it's all about okay. Well, how was your day today? Oh, it was fine. What'd you do today? <laughs> and there, there's nothing, there's no depth to the conversation. You no. can't really understand not only the experiences too deeply, right. but you definitely right. can't understand the impact very deeply, you know, and how they, how they view things and even getting to the history and the experiences they had yeah. in the past. That's part of intellectual. That's intimacy. what I brought up. Uh -huh. you know? uh, man, I, I, I agree. Yeah. History, you're right. You have you're to right. know the history. And so how do you get your partner? Are you having very short, brief conversations? I remember in college, we used to have what we call building sessions, where we would sit around for hours and talk, and you know, you would say something, and then I would take what you said and build on that, and then someone would take what I said and build on that, and you just keep going and going and going, and you get to like these depths that probably make no sense at a certain point. But <laughs> right. the idea Sounds is like that <laughs> you know, you're just feeding off of each other, and it's, it's not a, well, you talk and I talk, and you talk and I talk. No, it's really, you know, where are we bringing this conversation? What are we bringing out of each other in these kind of conversations? Or, or are we just talking about um, it's a, a, a monologue 
and you're just talking. This is not a dialogue. I'm all about dialogues over monologues when it comes to conversing. And when you're doing that, what are you actually talking about? How am I being able to understand you better through the conversation that we're having? How do I understand those hopes, those dreams, those fears, those passions, those ideas, those thoughts? How do I get to understand those if you're not sharing them with me? I agree. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and the other thing, too, with sharing those things verbally, um, if it's OK, I also want to stress because I see this in, in couples that, and I've gone through some stuff. I think we all have. And that's the, the, the skills part of uh, intellectual intimacy is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. We all have skills. We all do. And we're also are deficient in certain areas as well. And when those deficiencies come up, the great thing about intellectual intimacy is highlighting them and talking to them with right. your partner and right. asking and asking if you're on, if you see that and like, how can I support you? Like, mm-hmm. that's intimate, man. I right. mean, like, you know, like I'm not a great baker. Like, I can, I can cook my tail off. My wife can cook and she can bake. Mm-hmm. Now I don't sit there in front. Like, guess I'm who's coming baker. to dinner? I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry, I know, sorry, right? sorry. You know, uh, but it, it's, 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 I have no problem just saying like, yeah, babe, like I think here's where I'm struggling with baking. I don't really get this, this and that. Mm-hmm. And that's vulnerability. My right. ego is not involved. It's like, I'm actually having, I'm, my wife is pushing me, but I'm also talking about when I'm fearful, like, I don't want to burn things. Do you know better ways that I can regulate temperature when baking a cake? Right. So, right? Like, I, I know it sounds very silly to our listeners, but like, I have to tell you, like a lot of that day-to-day conversation that you're saying, I think what comes out of that sometimes is skills, raising yeah. kids, yeah. Uh, fix, like addressing finances. Like those right. are certain skills some of us have. Others don't have it. Right. Talk about it. Right. Talk about it. Right. Like what, what makes you afraid to sit down and balance a checkbook mm-hmm. instead of just going off about like, well, you don't want to balance the checkbook or you're not good. Mm-hmm. What, how can I support you? Man, those are the hopes, the fears. Where where can we get you in the next six months, babe, to make yeah. sure that you be able to, like, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I hope I'm making well, sense. Well, well, you know, I think the reason why that is because we have such varied backgrounds oftentimes. Family Correct. of origin can be very, very different. The experiences you have. You mentioned, you know, your, your education level can be very different. You know, the, the jobs and careers you have can be very different. And so you're coming from very different backgrounds. Again, you're talking about your history here. You're coming from very different backgrounds, which can make it very hard to under, not understand. It can make it very hard to admit where you have those deficiencies. Correct. Because, you, you know, you have these Correct. insecurities about them. And, and what about and, and what about though um, those people who and you know what I'm talking about those people who are like well um, I always want to seem competent to my partner because they're fearful that like any form of incompetence is gonna have their partner like not be attracted to them you right. know people like that oh, and yeah. I've come across people like yeah. that they're trying to be perfect and it's like look man like at the end of the day it's it's okay like why not open up but, open up conversations about but those that's things. a lack of vulnerability. Correct. You mentioned it earlier. That's the lack of vulnerability. That lack of vulnerability can show up both in emotional intimacy as well as in intellectual intimacy, as well as in physical intimacy. Skill, especially if the skill is 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 critical to the relationship right. functioning. But but what does it take in order to be vulnerable? It takes trust. Yeah. If you don't trust your partner, if you don't feel safe with your partner, you're not going to open up. If you feel like you have a very judgmental partner. Correct. It's going to make it very hard for you to open up about the deficiencies you have, the places where you are a little bit weaker because you want them to think that you're strong. They want to think that you're strong because otherwise they will judge you. And so it makes it really hard to open up and be vulnerable with someone like that. 
So you have to get away from that. Again, talking to the people who are listening to their partners, you have to get away from the judgment. You have to create a safe space for your partner to be able to express what's going on with them. If they don't, if you don't know what your partner's dreams and goals are in life, it's probably because they haven't felt safe expressing them to you. So, you know, whatever expectation you have for them, let that go and let them just be free to, to share. But you have to open up that space. And the only way you can open up the space is providing, you know, helping them trust that you will not judge them, that you will be there to yeah. support them. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. And I'm glad you brought up the part. People who are listening, like the judging part is like real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, isn't one of the four horsemen like being critical? Yep. Right. The yeah. Four horsemen of the apocalypse. Like that can crush any relationship because you're eating away at the trust. Yeah. And whether it's, hey, I don't know how to do this. A lot of people are very scared to say that in relationships because of being judged. You don't know how to do that? Are you serious? <laughs> right. Look, I've had to tell people in session, you need to chill. Right. You act like you know everything and you don't. Yeah. And if yeah, you did, yeah. you, and if you did, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be, be here with me office. right now. Right. right exactly. exactly. <laughs> so just chill out. You see? And then I tell them, you see how that don't feel good? Right. Well, what I just said to you, see, that don't feel good. So don't do that to your partner. And I'm not even in a relationship with you. Right. But the fact that I said that, you see how that hurt? See, that's how you flipping on them. And you're like, okay, take that hurt and understand that every time you make a comment, like, you don't know how to do that. That's how they feel. The same way I just made you feel. Or even the sarcasm. Even the sarcasm. Sarcasm plays the same role. I mean, we want to be able to keep things light and enjoy ourselves. But you don't know how that sarcasm can feel like judgment to people. Because people do point. read it. People great read point. it as okay. Well, yeah, you're trying to be funny, but there's always a little truth in the comedy. And so, whatever you're saying, yeah, you may be saying it in joking matter, but more than likely, yeah, some of it you believe, and yep. that's gonna make that's it really point. hard for me to want to open up as well. Great point. Glad yeah. you brought up sarcasm. That's actually one of the best examples on a lower scale outside of that critical, like direct critical feedback people give mm-hmm. some people are misusing sarcasm and i think you're right like that on a on a recipient end if there's already insecurities about hopes dreams experiences skills right that the sarcasm like yes yeah, kind of like, okay doesn't I'm help say that again right yeah 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 and i'm saying this as a super sarcastic person but i know how to use my powers i know how to use my my sarcastic powers about harnessing your your that that superpower that's what i always tell my clients i'm like each of us were superheroes right just have to harness our (laughs) our skills exactly exactly so you know when you think about that intellectual intimacy remember you want to be able to create a safe space for your partner to share with you what those hopes and fears and dreams and thoughts and ideas and wishes and passions, you want them to be able to share that with you so that you can understand them better and you want to be able to share the same with them. But you need to be able to uncover what those things are to really get, we talk about the core of the person which, when we mentioned um, spiritual intimacy, but this is really getting inside your, your partner's mind. You want to be able to get them. You want to know what makes them tick. You want to know what they're motivated by, because remember, you're going to be motivated by your goals and your ideas. You know, if they're, if they're lacking motivation, maybe it's because they're not really clear on those goals and ideas. It helps you understand that better and gives you another way to be able to work with them and support them. Great point. You know, I was going to say the same thing. Yep. Yeah. Spot on. Yeah. Yeah. So. So there you go. That's the intellectual intimacy. So two down, one more to go. We got your intellectual intimacy we have your spiritual intimacy now it's time to go into my favorite realm of all intimacies that powerful that magical that mystical emotional intimacy yeah emotional intimacy and so dr john start start us off man what is emotional intimacy 
Um, I always explain emotional intimacy as allowing yourself to connect more deeply. Okay, I want to stress more deeply, none of that surface stuff, with your partner through various things, expressing your feelings, showing, discussing, highlighting your vulnerabilities, and also um, displaying trust and, 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 and creating uh, uh, trust as well. Got to have um, that trust again. You know, that emotional intimacy is literally about a deep sense of security. That's what it's about. Um, I know every single person is looking for security, but this is different, folks. Like, this is, I, I don't know how you feel, brother, but I've always told my couples that emotional intimacy, this is what technically makes this relationship different than any other relationship right. you have in your life in your life this isn't like oh i have a bond with my parents and i'm close with my siblings no this is different here mm -hmm. because let's be real our family and friends don't know every single deep-seated thing about us i think that's what makes nope. romantic relationships very very unique right you you've you you have you have found someone exclusively keyword exclusively to say here is some of my deepest and darkest kind of feelings about myself mm -hmm. and what I've gone through right. man I, I remember having I, I remember that's how I knew I was going to marry my wife I told my wife something that I know my family and friends don't know anything about me mm -hmm. and, and I remember highlighting that to her mm -hmm. I remember saying I was like my family doesn't know that and my friends don't know that right and you can tell that I mean she took the conversation really really well but I also can tell that she felt very valued I know she said wow like John really trusted yes if his family and friends don't know see what I mean by deep I didn't say oh no I I accidentally walked out of a store with you know but no it wasn't that I'm talking about some deep-seated emotional stuff that mm -hmm. I've experienced in my life that have has always been with me and I found someone at the time when we were dating and I said, you know what, like, I'm going to go out on a limb and see if I can connect. Right. And the, and, and the reception my wife gave me when she was the girlfriend at the time, now wife, the reception that she gave me, I was like, yeah, this is where it's at, mm. man, because you're talking about something that was so deep to me that some of my other close people in my life didn't even know like that's real yeah, and, I, and I have no problem sharing that i just wanted people to hear well what is this brother talking about about right. emotional intimacy because that trust that vulnerability yeah that sharing of feelings yeah that's what it's about man yeah um and if you don't have it the relationship can struggle in many ways and, and the reason why that is because emotional intimacy to me is the foundation of yep. the relationship it's the foundation everything else builds into emotional intimacy and springs from it. If you even think about physical intimacy, you can go ahead and just have sex with somebody. Cool. Yeah. You know, you can go ahead and kiss somebody. That's cool. But it's the emotional intimacy that gives it meaning, that gives it yeah. purpose. Yep, I you know, agree. That's when you look at intellectual intimacy and you look at spiritual intimacy, those things built into emotional intimacy. Because to me, emotional intimacy is really about sharing those, those innermost thoughts and feelings and the feelings more so. You know, like I said, emotional intimacy is about the heart. Everything that, that Dr. John just described to me sounded like he was giving his wife his heart. Yeah. He's literally putting his heart in his hand and saying, here, I want you to take this and show me what you're going to do with it. And he trusted her enough to take it. And she took it and she's able to validate and, and support him in that. You know, that's what it really comes down to. And so when it comes to that emotional intimacy, how are you actually sharing your thoughts how yeah. are you expressing your thoughts? I mean, not your thoughts, your feelings. You know, what What does it take for you 
to be vulnerable enough to share those innermost feelings. Because for a lot of, I'll say black men in particular, we have a really hard time being vulnerable because like I've said many times before, I've said it on the podcast too, there's never really been a time in history where we felt safe in being vulnerable. And so this is a skill that we are now forced to learn because we want to have healthier relationships. Because this is a foundational issue. You know, you can't just go by every day and and sit with you know sit in the same room with somebody and not share what's going on with you. I tell right. I tell my couples all the time and I tell people this all the time. You can sit here and tell me the story of your day all you want to, unless you share with me the, how your day Im- impacted you, how right. it, how you felt at the end of right, all of man. that. None right. of it matters. None None of it matters. I don't understand you any better. I understand what you went through. You just facts. That's what right. I tell my right. couples. You just gave me facts right. about your day. You just you just storytelling. You're just storytelling. Right. But I need right. to understand how you were impacted by right. your experience today. That's the emotional intimacy. Because without yeah. that, there is no true understanding. I Okay, you can come in here and talk about all, all the people at your job and what they do and what they did. And I can tell, right, there's some frustration in your, in your tone. Yeah, I can tell that. But I need you to vocalize, to articulate actually how that impacted you. Otherwise, you're just wasting air. I'm sorry. You're just wasting air. No, and, and also, in addition to wasting air, you, we should see those moments as opportunities to, if you tell me how it's impacted you, it allows me to, one, know where you are emotionally, and two, right. give me the ability to now support you. Yeah. That emotional support. Right. You know? Right. And, I, and, and, and I've seen a lot of couples, I've seen a lot of folks in general, they tend to block that. They mm-hmm. t- that's why I get on my couples and I'm like, well, they're just, you're just talking facts. Mm-hmm. But if you really, really want to have an emotional, intimate moment, even as you discuss your day, yeah, sharing your feelings allows your partner to recalibrate and say like, oh, wow, okay. Um, you know, you seem very disappointed about what happened at work. Right. Um, what do you need from me? How can I support you? You know, um, or do I just sit here and listen? Do you just yeah, want me to listen? Yeah, I don't. Do I don't. We don't. Have the, we don't have the problem solve. Can we just? Do you want me to sit here and listen and hold this with you, or is it something that you actually actively need me to do? Yeah, and and that's the beauty about emotional intimacy allows you allows you the ability to let your partner help you. Mm-hmm. That's what I always say. People mm-hmm. need help. Right. We all need help right. every day. Right. We're feeling we're feeling something every day. Every you know? day. Like, so why not go to your partner and say, hey, I'm hurt by but, like what happened. But even beyond every day, we're feeling something every moment of the day. This, listening to this podcast right now is creating a feeling in you. Correct. You sitting in your chair, you laying on your couch, you laying in your bed, you are experiencing a feeling. There's not a time when people tell me, <laughs> oh gosh, when couples come to me or, or individuals come to me and tell me that, you know, well, you know, I'm not really feeling anything. No, you're feeling something. Oh, man. You have five senses, okay? (laughs) You can't tell me with those five senses you're not experiencing something right now in this moment. Well, because they're used to numbing. As one of my teenagers who I'm working with, uh, she she uses that word all the time. She's like, yeah, like, Dr. John, like, I'm always, like, numbing. And I'm like, some people have developed that. To them, they feel that that's functional. Well, there's no need for me to feel because it blocks me from getting through my everyday functioning. When in reality, there are unintentional consequences. It's hard. As I, as I work with her, I always say it's hard for mom and dad to kind of understand where you are emotionally. Mm-hmm. If you're just numbing. Same thing in the romantic relationships. Right. How can your partner really know where you are if you're numbing? Or if you're, oh, the other big thing um, I was thinking about this earlier today is um, folks who they, they take 
I don't know how to describe this, so folks, please bear with me. But it, they, they, it's very cognitive driven, and they think that's sharing. And right. They think that's right. intimate, and it's right. like you're just giving me your thoughts. Sometimes I have to walk clients through. That yes. sounds like a thought. It doesn't really sound like an emotional expression. Yeah. That sounds like you're giving me your objective uh, feedback or 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 input about what happened. Right. And and I still and I I say this to your point earlier, and I I tell them. And because I haven't heard any type of emotional expression as your therapist, I'm not sure how I can help you in the moment. Right. That's the power of sharing the emotions. Right. And because the, to your point, it shows how are you impacted by that. Exactly. You know, I tell people all the time, look at the moment you say, I feel like you're oh, no man. longer yeah. sharing a feeling. You're no. sharing a thought or thought. an opinion. Yeah, that's a thought. You know, that's a thought. That's I a feel thought. I feel like you do this. That's not. No, no, no. That's not a feeling. So either you say, I think this or I thought this, right, correct. or you're going to express a feeling by saying, I feel tired. I feel um, disappointed, whatever it is, frustrated. Yeah. You know, you're going yeah. to, you have to express an actual feeling. And it takes a lot for people to, to, to break that down because people will say that. Same thing you just said. You know, yeah, we talk all the time. And I always share my feelings. But what were you actually saying? Well, I say this, that. That's a thought. That's an opinion. That's not an actual feeling. You're not leaving any room for, val for validation there. Not leaving no. any room for validation, which brings me to to this last point about um, emotional intimacy. I always say that there are three V's to emotional intimacy. You have value, you have validation, and you have vulnerability. Those are my mm -hmm. three V's. When I talk about value, I talk about it from the standpoint of emotional investment, or being invested in your partner, being invested in wanting to know how they're doing, how they're feeling, how they're experiencing the world, and you feeling like you want to be able to share that with your partner. That takes a certain level of emotional investment that a lot of people don't have. And you can see it in the eyes when their partner starts talking and they start looking off. You're not invested. You're not invested. You don't value this time or this kind of connection with your mate. And so you have to find the value in it, right? Mm -hmm. That's good. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. values is, is that is that the key. People want to feel valued. Yes. Uh, no matter what they say. I have a lot of people who are like, oh, it doesn't really matter. And like, no, no, we all do. It's yeah. validation. It ties to your other other V, validation. Right. Validation. And validation, Dr. John, I mean, I know you, you do validation work with your clients all the time. Tell them what validation is. Well, validation is, is your ability to express to your partner that you acknowledge one you've received the message mm -hmm. two you acknowledge what they're sharing with you and lastly you do understand right and let me be very clear and you're going to hear us bring this up over over and over again validation does not mean you agree exactly that is why, that is why brother reek is stressing it as 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 an important process of emotional intimacy because i think people get stuck with that it's not about agreeing validation guys is let your partner know that you received the message. You acknowledge the fact that they've shared that. Hey, I appreciate you sharing that with me. I know that was really, really hard. Right. And then validating based on what you've told me. Yeah, it makes sense that you would like flip the table over. You were clearly upset and hurt by that comment that was made. You didn't hear me say you was wrong for that, babe. Right. That's 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 you know right. what I mean? Like, it's right. not about disagreeing, but we have to validate because it allows your partner to, to feel valued, heard. Right. Those are critical things that you're stressing. Mm -hmm. And the thing about feelings, feelings are often derived from how you experience things. You know, Correct. they are derived from how you experience things, even if your perspective is off, even if Correct. the way that you're, you're seeing things is not in line with what really happened. Yeah. Your feelings are still derived from that. So when you're validating somebody's feelings, 
even if you see things very differently than them, it's not about agreeing with the situation and saying, you're right, that's exactly how it happens. No, you don't need that for validation. All I'm saying is, yeah, if I saw it that way, I probably would have been feeling the same way that right. you do too. That <laughs> right. make that makes right. sense that you feel that way. If I saw it that way, now that opens up the conversation. I could say, well, this is the way I view it, and this is how I feel about it. And so now you can have this dialogue about the the reality of what happened and how it's perceived differently by you, but at least being able to understand how that perception informed your feeling. And I understand yep. that. I understand why that why you feel that way. You know, and yep. it's important to be able to validate so that people feel like Dr. John said, I feel heard. I feel understood. Even if you're not saying that this exa- is exactly the way it went down, at least you understand my perspective and you understand how I feel. That's what mm-hmm. matters, you know, and that yep. goes to the third V. That allows me the room to be vulnerable with you, to be able to share with you. I feel safe enough to share my emotional experience with you. So, John, so why don't you tell the people, how do you actually become more vulnerable? What does vulnerability mean? And how do you become more vulnerable? Well, you know, vulnerability um, is about you really grounding yourself around your emotions and understanding what are your needs. Um, Also understanding where insecurities are lying. Right. If we acknowledge these things first, then communicating them then becomes like the bigger thing. But part of being vulnerable is we have to be aware. We have to be very, very clear about what is my need in this moment. Right. 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 We also have to think about um, what insecurities are coming from this need not being met. Right. It's such a vulnerable kind of thing for us to be. And then we have to communicate it. Right. That's what I mean by you have to ground yourself around emotions. Your emotions are, you said this earlier, stems from your, um, your experiences, most importantly, needs, right? So that's where we've talked before, and we'll go in a little bit more about primary versus secondary needs. And so whenever you have a need, right, you're vulnerable, right? That's vulnerability, but you have to accept, you really do have to accept that you have needs, because that's vulnerability in and of itself, right? And recognize that it's okay. It's okay to have these needs. It's okay to express these needs. And think that you're not going to be judged. I hope that you're not going to be judged for them. You know, right. Because that's what it really but you have to be to. aware, though. Right? right. Vulnerability is about awareness first oh, and then trying to connect. Right. 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 Yeah. You know, and, and being able to stay. And I think that's when we get more into um, emotional um, intelligence and emotional mm-hmm. awareness is that sense of awareness, knowing what it what it is that you're feeling, being able to articulate what you're feeling, you know, being mm-hmm. able to 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 break down again. You know, I'm not just angry, but I'm actually frustrated. And hoping right. that, you know, as you're able to say that, people understand you. And they, you're, you're giving people room to validate you. If you're not being vulnerable with people, then you're not giving people the opportunity to validate what you're going through. And people can't understand what you're going through. You yeah. have to be able to be vulnerable. Yeah. I think that goes that goes right into play with the awareness piece is really trying to search through and really trying to let people know grounding yourself around the emotions. So when you speak, you should be with, with being vulnerable. You have to be grounded in your emotions. So when you speak, don't give thoughts, give emotions. Right. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So, all right. So this is what we're going to do. We are going to quickly just give you some thoughts as we do our noble truths, some, some bullet points as to help you through the navigating these different areas of intimacy. All right. So 
we want to start off with spiritual intimacy. Okay, so Dr. John, what are some ways that people can actually strengthen their spiritual bond with their partner? How can they become more spiritually intimate with their partner? Uh, yeah, I think um, sharing and opening up uh, about what your core is and how that core is formed, right? Asking really open-ended questions, guys, is right. a really good way to enhance spiritual intimacy. So stay away from yes or no questions, right? You want it to be very open, allows people to really reflect much deeper and ask them very um, things that you are curious about. You know, part of understanding people's relation to the world is asking really deep questions. I like what you said earlier about values, right? Mm -hmm. So when you ask a question about values, like have it be an open-ended question and, and not one of those like, oh, yes, no kind of sort of questions because right. um, we're trying to get to the core. Right. And how do you see yourself in the world? You know, how do you see yourself Correct. in the world? How do you see... Um, your purpose in the world, you know, asking those kind of questions. And it, it can get pretty deep. It can get pretty deep pretty quickly. But that's the point. Right. You want to be able to figure those things out. So it's really about exploring, you know, what you're, you're, you're exploring the way that your partner sees themselves in the world, as well as exploring their own belief systems. Because recognize that their belief systems are going to inform their, their values. They're going to inform the way that they interact with the world and the way that they see the world. And so mm -hmm. you want to be clear on that. Even if you both share the same system of beliefs, recognize again, like we said earlier, you may walk it differently and you want to know what that walk is. And so explore that. Ask those questions. Don't just assume because somebody says, okay, I'm Muslim, that they practice Islam the same way that you do. That's a great point. So you, have to, yeah. you actually have to have those conversations. You have to ask those kind of questions. You know, and then even getting getting a little bit deeper than that, this is my thing. When it comes to exploring um, spiritual intimacy, you want to know what people are taking in. So yeah. I would say even explore their libraries. Look at their books. What kind mm -hmm. of things that are reading? Because, again, those are influencing them. What kind of things are they watching on TV? What, what do they really enjoy? Those are also influencing them. You know, what kind of music do they listen to? Explore mm -hmm. all those things. Like you would probably... Typically put that more in the intellectual side, but I like to put that in the spiritual side because you want to recognize what are those things that are informing the the values of your partner. Yep. And so, hey, tap into yep. tap into the things that the resources that they reach out to in order to educate and entertain themselves. Yeah, I think that's a really really good point. Mm -hmm. yep. yep, yep, definitely, definitely. And so when you think about you know jumping over to the other one that we discussed earlier in intellectual intimacy. I mean, mm -hmm. what do you think are things people can do to work on that or, or enhance that in the relationship? I think again, I mean, going back to books, you know, going back to finding out, I mean, not everybody reads, not like that at least, yeah. but right. recognizing that people who, who do read, you know, share some books, you know, what kind, what are your favorite books? What do you enjoy reading? What are the things that stimulate your mind? Um, what are the things that make you think deeply? What are the books that have impacted your life the most? You know, do that kind of explore. Again, it's all about that exploration. Um, share those books with them. Um, you know, um, encourage each other to read new books together just so that you can recognize that you're sharing an experience and it gives you something yeah. deeper to talk about. You know, every time you turn a page and you see something different happening, that gives you something else to talk about to explore with one another. What do you think, yeah. Dr. John? I think that's pretty good. I think that falls in line with what I was thinking as well. I, I would also add, um, 
uh, helping, I think talking openly about um, activities you've done in the past, mm -hmm. how they have shaped you to be the person that you are today, mm -hmm. right? right? Like travel or so, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of different things. I also think that like with intellectual intimacy, it's, it's important to really start exploring with your partner attitudes Right. So right. you holding certain attitudes are probably tied to your values, which right. are tied to some experience. Right? right. Those are very vulnerable, connecting conversations that really facilitate. Uh, wow. I'm starting to get to know this person mm -hmm. and, and I like it and it's turning me on. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, and that's what we were saying earlier about, like, it's not about education uh, background and being in the same profession, but um, people's experiences. So um, yeah. really trying to all oh, work experience. Right. Like there's a lot of things that we've we've gone through that really shape the way we see the world, mm -hmm. right? right? And so that's really important stuff to like really start to do um, and talk openly about it mm -hmm. and, and try to push yourself. And even you mentioned activities that you guys have experienced before. What about having new adventures together? Having Agreed. new activities, you know, being able to, to figure out what are some things that you have in common? What are some things that you may enjoy individually that you want to expose your mate to? And so you're going out and having these new adventures and seeing each other out there in, in the world, seeing how the person responds to different kinds of stimuli. You know, now you get to see not just how they think, but how they act and how they behave. And that is actually um, in line with how you act and behave. Yep. And if you see them out there, that, I mean, there's so many different things that you can do that can really bring you guys closer together. Just having those common experiences, because those give you more stories to share later on. Yep. You know, and good that's point. what you that's want. You point. want you're trying to create stories. You're trying to create more stories for yourself. So having those adventures really help you to um strengthen that that intellectual bond. You know, and, and one other one too is, you know, just on a daily basis, how are you checking in with your mate? You know, mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who send text messages, you know, throughout the day, just just funny memes throughout the day. And again, you're, it's about stimulating the person's mind, getting them to think, getting them to laugh, and that's how you continue to connect with each other. You, know, no all, you don't always have to do something big or something grand. It could just be, what are you doing throughout the day to show your mate that you're thinking about them and being able to get them to think about things other than what they're experiencing right now. And now you have another thing to connect on. That's a good point. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. definitely, definitely. And then let's get to the final one. How do you actually strengthen emotional bonds and that emotional intimacy? I mean, there's, I think there's so many different things to do. I think one, sharing. I think you have to open your mouth. I think the way bonds and connections are formed is by sharing information, mm -hmm. sharing your thoughts, your, your values, your feelings, sharing what's going on with you like in the moment, opening right. up and saying things like, hey, this is what I prefer. This is what I don't prefer. Right. Uh, this is what I like. This is what turns me off. Um, I, I think of uh, an emotional bond is a bi-directional exchange of information. Yeah. And Agreed. it's it's so critical to emotional intimacy because both people are sharing and receiving and that's nourishing um, a good foundation so that's one thing that comes to mind like actual sharing of different aspects of like who we are feelings thoughts experiences and right stuff. right and not limiting it just to the experience itself like we mentioned Correct. earlier making sure that you're actually expressing those feelings and and helping people understand how those experiences impacted your day your life and how exactly you, you know you have exactly. to do that um the other side of that is in order to have a stronger bond, you also have to create a safe space for your partner. Correct. You know, you want that person to trust you enough to be vulnerable with you. 
And so you have to create a safe space. If you don't have a safe space, that emotional bond is going to break down quickly. So you have to learn yeah. how to create a safe space. That means being empathetic and Validate. being compassionate. Yeah. Being compassionate. Yep. And give and, they, and and making sure that yeah. you're actually validating the person's feelings. Yeah. You know, without that, there's no safety. And without that safety, there's no trust. Yeah. And that and that also adds to like the no judging, right? Right. That's exactly. The, 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 keep the, you know, if you're working on emotional intimacy, keep the critical kind of feedback away because mm-hmm. that that eats away at any kind of emotional connection, any right. emotional intimacy. Right. But just be understanding, be compassionate, like Brother Reek is saying, and also really validate. Don't focus about agreeing. Mm-hmm. Just focus on validating people's experiences. Right. It makes you feel connected to each other. Right. And, and going back to what you're just saying about being able to express yourself, you have to figure out how to articulate more than just two or three emotions. I tell yeah. clients all the time, you know, give me another word other than good. Give me another word other than angry. Yeah. You know, you have to tap into a whole list. There are plenty of lists out there for you to take a look at. Memorize those lists. And associate them with the different feelings you're experiencing so that you can articulate specific feelings that better help people to understand you. Again, this is all about understanding. If you're not actually stating anything for people to understand you better, you're going nowhere. You're going to be stuck. And so you need to figure out what is it that you're really feeling other than just angry, other than just good, that's going to help people understand how that particular situation fully impacted you. That's what it all comes down to, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that really speaks to the essence of emotional intimacy, um, expanding our awareness. And right. so we could probably have like a whole show about emotional awareness one day. So oh, yeah. I think that's important oh, yeah. well taken. Well, we, we definitely have to come back to that conversation. <laughs> but next, the next conversation we're going to have, we're going to continue with the intimacy. We're going to continue with the um, healthy relationships. But we're going right. to get into physical intimacy. Yeah. Because yeah, that one by itself at. deserves an entire show. And you're going to get that itself. from Kings of the Heart. You're gonna get that, yep. you know what I'm saying? Man, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's it's always it's always great, you know. This is what we do. This so, is what we do, man. <laughs> you know, uh, it's always great, you know, trying to work for the people and be there for the people. And so I appreciate, uh, you know, the camaraderie and everything that we're we're doing, brother. Right. And and this is good work. And we hope listeners are really enjoying what we're putting together. Here. Yeah, we want to make sure that you're being well entertained but well educated at the same time. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for Kings of the Heart this time around. Make sure you go back and check us out. Check out our old episodes. Um, check out the episodes in the series on healthy relationships. And make sure you stay in tune for new episodes coming to you very, very soon. So you guys take care. Have a great week. Dr. John, good to see you, brother. Man, always same to you, brother. All right, man. Take brother. care.